never before and not since has anyone looked so good in a purple tuxedo as the Austrian hunk from 1989, Thomas Fosner did. How aware of his sexy aura was he himself there in Lausanne and why did he forget to bring that aura to Rome two years later? What was it like to work with Modern Talking's Dieter Bohlen and did the poor result in 1991 affect his career and life? You are listening to Eurovision Legends with me, the Purple Poodle, Emil Lövström. Welcome to Eurovision Legends, Thomas Fosner. Hi there. How are you today? Oh, I'm very fine, thanks. A little bit tired, it's Sunday, so I try to relax and yeah. <laughs> but fine and fine and all. Great to hear. I hope my English will be um, understandable for you and your audience. I'm not quite used to talking English, so I hope it will do. It will. And to loosen up and get into a Eurovision mood, I thought we could begin with some quick questions. Oh, okay. You want to test me? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I just want to know your opinions about stuff here. Okay. Best song from Austria in Eurovision. Best song from Austria in Eurovision. Oh, that's a quite hard question. Um, we didn't do that well uh, over the years, so... <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, uh, to be honest, is Waterloo and Robinson. I, I think that was one of the best songs from Austria. I just love my little world. I don't need no new sensations. All I want is a simple life. Loving you is a sweet temptation. Worst song from Austria in Eurovision. Worst song. Oh, hmm. I don't think we you can you can uh, take the worst song in equation to the points we get. Yeah. No. <laughs> so. But now we're talking about your taste. Uh no. Um, I I really don't. I really feel bad answering that question because everyone there um, did his best and and many of them um, uh, had a good song but had bad luck. Yeah. So uh, I don't want to to embarrass anyone here because everyone did did their best and and they tried and tried and yeah it didn't work out well but um, that's that's life you know yeah we have to we have to take that and go on. <laughs> uh, favorite country in Eurovision besides Austria? Oh, this would be definitely Sweden. One word about Dieter Bohlen. <laughs> um, crazy good musician. Who should have won Eurovision but didn't? Who should have won? Oh my god. There was there was one uh country style song when I I think it was when Conchita won. I I'm not quite sure now. Yeah, the common um, it's from the Netherlands. Yeah. And they they uh got second place then. Yeah. I thought they would win, yeah? yeah? And I would wished they had won. Nothing uh, against Conchita, she was great and, and did a very good job. But um, 
this song uh, hooked up in my mind. Yeah. Who should not have won Eurovision but did? <laughs> uh, some may say Lordi, but again, uh, they tried to do something different. Uh, they, they did it well, but it, for me personally, I didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, I think th this could be this could be uh, a song for questioning, you know. Yeah, and that's the funny thing with taste. Uh, merci, chérie. Or Rise Like a Phoenix? Uh, I think Rise Like a Phoenix. I think it's the best. It's the, the, the more uh, from the musical side, from the composition. Merci Cherie is a beautiful song. Yeah, it was for that time. It was perfect. But yeah, as well we're in modern times now, and uh, I think I think the Conchita song would be the better one. Last question: Who should represent Austria next year if you could decide? If I could decide, yeah. There are very many new artists in Austria at the moment. I guess it's 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 a little bit Corona taste there. They had not much time and had uh, time to produce new things. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but but there are very many artists. But I I wouldn't. It would be hard for me to say which one. Um, there are some some authentical Austrian duos um, singing in, in German, some kind of dialect. That could be a good thing. So even if it's possible now to sing English, uh, it's not you're not forced to. So uh, as there are many many young artists now in Austria, um, the the choice is, is not uh, easy, I think. But I think Vincent Buena, as, as, a, as an example, is, is a very good man. Yeah, yeah, With a beautiful voice. Great. We have gone through the first part. In 1989, Austria chose their contestant for Eurovision internally without any national final. And as we all know, you got the offer to represent your home country. Tell me, how come? Um, I think it was um, because because of the of the statistics, the winning statistics of Austria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, so so every time, every every new year, they try the new system. Yeah. They made a contest with the audience. They made uh, a contest with uh, professionals. They um, fixed one on their own, uh, and so on. So, so in 1989, it was just a thing that they said, uh, "We won't. Uh, we don't want to 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 land on a, on a on a place behind Europe, you know." And um, so they said, "Okay, we take Dieter Bohlen, and he will do it." It was it was a chance, an option. They took it, and um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> Next time, uh, they did it otherwise. Yeah? yeah. It was said that you were one of the famous Wiener Sängerknaben. And for us not familiar with Austrian choir boys, how much of a thing was it back then? Oh, I loved, I loved to be there. It was a, was a great time. It was a hard time, of course, because I was a very young boy. And uh, we did many, many uh, concerts and many, many traveling um, but it was very interesting and, yeah, enjoyed every minute, I guess. The song that got chosen was composed by Dieter Bohlen, as you said, from Modern Talking, with lyrics by Joachim Horn Bangers. Uh, very big names in the music business at the time. D. 
did Dita call you up and present some songs or how did the collaboration come about? To be honest, this was, it was my fault. <laughs> um, one day I um, got up and, and, and read the newspaper and the Austrian radio stations uh, had, had made a, a request to, to the readers of the, of, the, of the newspaper to say, okay, we have Dieter Bohlen, we have a song, but we don't have a singer. And anyone should uh, follow up and, and, and call OAF to, to say, yeah, okay, I want to do it. And I read that. And uh, to be honest, I didn't read it. it was sunken to Eurovision because I was not that interested in that at the moment. But I saw Dieter Bohlen. And I said, ah, yeah, Dieter Bohlen, that could be a chance. I want to work with him. Yeah. You know, he's a big man. He's big in business. And modern talking was, was great at that time. Um, and so I said, yeah, I want to meet him. So... Um, at that moment, um, one year ago, um, I won a competition, a singer competition, and the first prize was uh, a single production with, with some famous producer in Austria. And I did that, I won that, and so I had had a deal with a, with a record company to, at that time. Uh, so I called them and said, hey, um, I want to meet Dieter Bohlen, uh, I need his number. And um, the boss of the record company said, okay, what, what do you want to do? So, yeah, I want to join uh, Eurovision Song Contest, read it in the, in the newspaper, and I want to meet Dieter Bogen. So they gave me the number of, of Studio 44 in Hamburg, where he is working, uh, working at that time at least, and called him up and said, hey, I'm Thomas Forster, I'm your singer. Yeah, yeah he was quite surprised. And <laughs> um, so I sent him uh, some demo materials, some uh, recent uh, songs I, I did from my own. And he heard it and said, yeah, okay, let's try it. Yeah, so he invited me to Hamburg. I went to the studio. We recorded the song um, as, as a layout and went to the, the radio stations and said, okay, this would, this would be um, the title and this is the singing. Yeah, and, and they said, yeah, great, uh, we'll do it. So that was the, the, the history to, to the first entry. Damit morgen früh die Sonne wieder scheint. Und es Tränen nur noch gibt, wenn man sich freut, damit jedes Kind noch Hoffnung haben kann auf ein Leben ohne Kriege, ohne Angst. Dafür lohnt es sich, ein Träumer zu sein. Ich singe nur ein. I know he first asked some German singers to sing it, but the Austrian TV and radio company refused. Do you know who they asked? Um, they asked a German singer? Yeah. I uh, don't, know, don't know about that. Okay. Was Nuan Lied the only song they presented, or did you discuss any other song as well? No, no. The, the, the title was fixed in the, in the, uh, from the beginning on, yeah? So Dieter wrote that song, I guess, sometime before. Yeah? And uh, the ORF asked him uh, if he had some material, if he could provide a song. And he said yes. Yeah? And then they went uh, on, on search for a singer. Who sang the demo when you heard it? As I remember, it was Dieter. You don't still have it? Himself. 
Oh no, I don't still have it. <laughs> I, I guess I, I guess I never got it. Yeah? Okay. I just, I just heard it and and got got the lyrics and we did it. So I never heard that version again. <laughs> Dieter and Joachim also competed for Germany that year with Nino De Angelo and the song Flieger. Yes. When did you learn that they would represent both countries, and how did you feel about that? Oh, I heard that from the beginning on. Yeah, as a, uh, as it was clear that I will will go for Austria, uh, they told me that. Yeah. That Nino will go for Germany, and uh, for Dieter it was it was a big thing because um, he sensed uh, the future like this: Nino D'Angelo will be first, Thomas Forster will be second. Um, yeah, he was quite embarrassed. Of, when the outcome was different <laughs> so yeah but again that's life yeah you don't know in in advance switzerland won the year before with celine dion so the contest took place in lausanne what do you remember from your week there oh it was beautiful it was beautiful there were um people were very nice and food was very good and we had a great time there sitting on the on, on the beach and yeah i had some very nice contacts there and, and there are common parties um, taking place at, at the song contest before to to meet people and and so the the countries could could mix up um, and and yeah were there any tensions between the austrian delegation and the german oh no no not at all not that i know about that did anything special happen behind the scenes um it was such big experience uh, it's it's really hard to remember yeah it's um I can hmm. take your time. I'm fishing about funny, like like the Israeli little boy. When the competition took place, he didn't have any voice left because they forced him to sing the song the whole time. For instance, maybe you saw that. Oh yeah, I remember there was something with the Israeli boy, but I have no no details. Um, I knew there was discussion about the girl because of her age and. Um, but yeah, the, fr- the French girl. Yeah, there was discussion. That, that's that's what I remember. But I don't have any details on that. I'm sorry. What was it like to work with Dieter Bohlen? Um, working with Dieter was very special and very interesting. You know, I came there and 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 he was some sort of, yeah, not musical god, but but he was very 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 successful. And I I tried to learn there. I was very nervous. Uh, tried to do my best and and uh, get a, a good contact to him, but uh, he's he's special. You know? <laughs> it was was really interesting because uh, I was there in the studio and 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 sang my life out, and he said, "Ah, more feeling, more feeling," uh, and I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, I didn't know how to 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 get even more feeling in it than there was. Yeah, so um, I was quite frustrated at, at the first. But then um, we we found a way to get communication in a way that works. Yeah, to say so. <laughs> but in the end, we are very different, and and we have very different attitude uh, regarding music and production, and um, that's that's just the reason why why the the collaboration didn't last because we we are, we are much too different to say. 
did you feel that you got enough support from him or was his attention split between you and Nino Angelo? Yeah, it, his attention was definitely split. Um, it was definitely more on the German uh, entry than on the Austrian entry. Um, when he saw that the things don't turn out the way he planned, um, he, w- he got very angry, in, in fact. And um, that's another difference between him and me because I do my best and leave the rest. He does his best and all things have to go. Um, go. He likes it. But who did he blame? Um, I mean, did he blame you or the Nino D'Angelo? Not in person, but but he he did show his embarrassment. Hmm. Yes, but he was he was frustrated and angry. Well, me myself, I'm a big fan of his music, but I've heard these stories about him before. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell me about your iconic styling: the wide purple suit and an iconic mullet haircut, almost the epitome of the '80s. <laughs> yeah, as you say, it was the 80s, uh, and uh, I really wasn't the only one holding to that style. No? If you if you look at, at George Michael, Wham! at that time, or other big artists, um, this was, was the fashion at yeah, that time. Yeah, absolutely. But you were gorgeous. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Uh, in fact, it was a, an accident. Not the hair, but the suit was, in fact, an accident. Because when we, uh, heard that, or when we learned that we will do that... The song contest thing. Yeah. Um, a question came up to my mind. Okay, how to look? And we talked about and and and, and uh, looked at suits and nothing was really um, my style. So I went to, uh, to to a shop and I found a blazer. I think it was some sort of, of gray. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And washed it and it turned out to purple. Oh. Yeah. Because something went wrong and it it had a purple touch and I looked at it and said, Hey, that's cool. So, so we went to, to Degenfeld. There's a company uh, making suits uh, in Austria. It's quite famous. And I said, "Hey, I want a, I want a, a suit that with that color." Yeah. And yeah, and we found one, and this was the the song contest one. So, so it came to the to the purple suit. I loved it. Really, I loved it. Uh, and it was completely different. Uh, and yeah, <laughs> they talked a lot about it. <laughs> I know you are extremely popular because of your look. From both girls and boys, were you the one in Lucerne with the biggest fan club? Uh, I, I don't get the last question. I'm asking if you were the one with most fans around you, that, ah. that got most attention, because you are considered okay, the um, most gorgeous guy that year in Eurovision. <laughs> Thank you very much. Um, yeah, the, um, that, that suit influenced a little bit. There were many fans um, that um, uh, tailored for themselves suits like that. Yeah? Uh, in Austria, for months, it wasn't possible to get any purple tissue because they uh, they tailored uh, suits for their teddy bears and for for anything for themselves. Yeah, there was it was not not possible to buy any purple tissue at that moment yeah? in Austria. That was quite amazing. <laughs> yeah? But how did you handle this attention? Um, yeah, the, how I handled it. I was, I was, uh, did it change you? Yes, yes, a lot. Um, I was very young. I haven't experienced something like that before. And at that time, uh, I didn't think of that it could be anything like that. Yeah. But uh, I think I, I grew in the situation and yeah, I handled it and it worked. I'm very happy about that because there was no experience. Yeah, so I'd, 
I did what I did and, and uh, uh, was who I were at that moment. Do you remember your thought was your biggest competitor in Lausanne? Yeah, for me personally, of course, it was Nino because we had the same producer. I wanted to, to impress Dieter Bohlen, of course. So I guess he was the biggest competitor. Do you believe that uh, you steal points from each other? Um, people said so. I mean, comparing your songs, yes, they are, of course, different, but are produced in a same yes. way. So don't sound yes. so extremely uh, different. Yeah, that's, that's right. Um, I think on the one side, yes, may have been ceiling points between the two countries. Uh, on the other hand, there's some, some inner contests running between Austria and Germany. And as I know, uh, the, the, the years before, never there came a point from Germany to Austria. Uh, so uh, stealing points is, is not really the point here. Uh, on the other side, uh, this year was the year where I got points from Germany for the first time. So, so this was very interesting. And, and so for me, uh, it turned out well. I don't think that, that um, the audience was really divided between me or, or, or Nino. I, th I, think, I think in the end, the song worked. And in the end, Nguyen Lied uh, had some advantage, something people liked more in the end. And uh, that's why there were points. Yeah? I was, we all, as a, the Austrian delegation, we all were very happy and, 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 and uh, ha yeah, very happy. There were points from Germany. Yeah? Yeah. It was a real success for us. Um, and we loved it. So there was no real competition between you and me. It was just personally, of course, I would have liked me seeing me uh, before him. But he did a very great job. It was a good title. And he's still a fantastic singer. Absolutely. So, yeah. If he's my competitor, I'm very fine with that. Did you have any favorites among the songs? To be honest, I, I, I don't remember um, who won then, but I guess it was Sweden, right? No, Yugoslavia. It was Yugoslavia. Yeah, with Rock Me. The, the, um, the Swedish title? End Dog. At that time? Yeah. Who was that? Tommy Nilsson. I think this was this was a favorite for me. Uh, maybe I'm mingled years now. Because in 91, Sweden won. We're talking yeah. about 89 now. Uh, Sweden sent yeah. a great singer with long hair, like you, and mm -hmm. with a choir with uh, popular artists from Sweden, the biggest we had at the time. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Sweden ended fourth. With 97 points, you ended up in a respectable fifth place. Do you have any opinions about the outcome? Um, uh, to be honest, I, I never have thought that we come that far. You didn't? No, no, I didn't. Uh, because uh, I knew the history of Austrian songs, and uh, there have been good songs, and they landed uh, on last place anyway. So I really was just nervous, and I, th I 
personally thought, okay, we will be somewhere in the middle. Hmm. Yeah? In fact, Nino got the place that I thought I would land on. When, when we saw, okay, 12 points from Switzerland, 12 points from Israel, and so on, uh, I really was, was uh, very surprised and, and very nervous because I, th I saw, okay, this could work out very well. Yeah, we we may end up in the top five, but I I really didn't uh, foresee that. So so I was very happy about that. And in fact, it was the best uh, the best position for for many 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 years for Austria. Yeah, so I really was satisfied. Uh, what happened after Eurovision in nineteen eighty nine in your career? I mean, how was it to go back to Austria after this success? <laughs> uh, it was crazy. Uh, I came on uh, came. To the airport and, and stepped out of the plane and, and there were hundreds of people uh, waving and, 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 and crying out, shouting out. And In fact, I went back because I was shocked. I went back the door and, and, and needed a second uh, to realize what's, what's happening. And then I went out and uh, we spent, I think, four or five hours on the airport doing autographs and, and photos and, and interviews and it was really, really weird. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and in fact, it didn't stop for a long time. The single Nurain lead peaked on the Austrian charts and you were the hottest guy in the country. And the song was also released in English with the title Song of Love. Yes. Queen of broken hearts, I want to lose control. You can help my love, my heart. How come you never released any album after New Ein Lied? I mean, during this time. <laughs> yeah, that's a very good question. Um, of course, I've tried. Uh, to be honest, my m music differs a little bit from from um, the song I did at the song contest. Yeah. So the music before it was different, and the music afterwards was different. But um, I tried to convince the record companies to do an album with English songs, with English pop songs. And they clearly said, no, we won't. Hmm. Because you're successful in Austrian Schlager um, and we would do exactly this and nothing else. And so I tried for years to um, get a company that would do music as I like to do it uh, in detail. So I wanted more, ryth more rhythm. I wanted English. I wanted more international. Yeah? Um, I wanted more progression progressive styling in it but they clearly said no we won't do that so we didn't do it i didn't want to to release um not songs like new and lead because this one is special but uh the songs they came to me with uh afterwards they were not my style they were not my fashion they were not my 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 heart i couldn't sing them so as no one came with a with a song fitting to me we didn't do one that's that's the truth. Yeah, I would have liked really much to do more, to make an album, to make more releases. Uh, but it took 
yeah, 25 years or nearly 30 years to come to the point where I can do a song and I don't care about companies. I don't care about anyone saying, no, we can't do this because this will not be successful. People uh, need you the way you were 30 years ago. You know, I developed. I'm 30 years older. Yeah. And um, I don't want to do the same thing ever again, ever again, ever again. That's the reason. Two singles were the only music your audience got. And it was Miles Away and When Nachts Die Sonne Scheint. Miles Away with tears in my eyes. Miles Away, love you more than ever. Never to make promises that And Miles Away, you composed yourself together with Erwin Kienast. Yes. And the other one was composed and produced by Dieter Bohlen with lyrics by Band Meinunge. Mm -hmm. Was this the only song Dieter Bohlen gave you after No One Lied? Yes. Uh, when Nachts die Sonne scheint was um, the option song for No One Lied. Yeah? Because there was a contract between ORF and Dieter Bohlen that there will be a song and another one. Yeah, this was my contract with Dieter, and he fulfilled this contract, giving me a title lying in uh, on his table for years, I guess. And this song, in fact, was was the reason why we broke up. Because I said to him, "Hey, hey, Dieter, yeah, uh, pff, nice song, but it's it's really old-fashioned. We we have to do something innovative. We have to do something special." And yeah, he really how, how could I say that? He didn't want to change. Yeah. He was not willing to. Okay. Yeah, he was not willing to uh, get any input input from me, and this is not the way I want to work because I, I like to get influenced, I, li I like to get inspired, and I like to inspire people as well. And he is so into his own thing, and he is so successful and and so famous that he don't need inspiring by a nineteen year old artist without experience, just with heart, you know? Yeah. And uh, so this really wasn't the right partner at, at that time. That's all. Yeah? And so we split up. In retrospect, I think it's strange that it didn't ask you to be a part of Modern Talking, that just a split up. I mean, you had the same name as Thomas Anders, and you were good-looking and sang good. So, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be would have been a great thing, but I don't think that ever crossed his mind. Hmm. A second. <laughs> Strange. Um, yeah, as I said, it was a contract work. He fulfilled it. I was just a, a tool. I never have been any artist. He would like to uh, develop something or, or make something new. It was just a contract. In 1991, Austria opted for a national final and 10 songs competed and the winner was chosen by televotes and an expert jury. And you, Thomas, were the favourite of them both, so you won comfortably. 
you mean the Austrian competition? Yes, in 1991. Yes, uh, I won comfortably, uh, and we were in a good mood, you know. Um, people liked it, and the professionals liked it, and the song is a good song. But when we, we, when we competed in Italia, it was a very different thing, yeah. Can we rewind the tape? Can you share some memories from this pre-selection? Um, I knew that my my hardest competitor was Tony Vegas. That Dieter Bohlen offered a song the year after. Later on, yeah. Yes. Susamen Gehen. Genau. He is a great singer. I thought if if someone would uh, win that competition besides me, yeah, it would be him. Because of his very, very charismatic voice and, and yeah, he's a good, ta- uh, a good, a good artist, in fact. Um, yeah, but it was a weird situation. Uh, it, at the beginning, I... It was not my plan to compete again to Eurovision Song Contest because of, as I said before, I, I really tried to make a different music. Yeah, um, but in in the end, so many people talked to me and said, "How oh, come on, do it, do it, do it." And in the end, I said, "Okay, I'll do it." But this is not this, this was not the right attitude for it. And at that time, it was a hard time. Anyway, for me, because because all was very new, uh, the first uh, success uh, went down, went back a little bit. I, I I saw that 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 we need a new a new song. It must go forward. Something has to happen, and this was the opinion to do so. So in the end, I said, okay, let's do it. But it was not really with my full heart, and that was a problem from from the beginning on. It it didn't change competition it, it didn't change winning the austrian competition for the song contest uh, i was very happy about that because people liked it and, and everything was cool but the whole second entry was under a bad star for from the beginning on yeah and so it turned out in the last Was Venedig im Regen the only song you had to choose from? In fact, yes. Yeah. It was. It, it yes. Oh, uh, I'm surprised. Um, it, it was. It was not like uh, the 1989, um, where the song was ready and and everything was settled, and I just came in to sing it. There were more development. Yeah, it was a, a layout song, and we could work on it. Yeah? yeah, we did that, and and I had my influence on it. Um, so it was a little bit more constructive working from my side. Yeah, I had I had some some ideas and 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 we gave them to the to the title. Yeah, so yeah, it was a little bit different, but in, in the in, in the end, it was that one song. Yeah. This time the trip went to Rome. What was your week there like? Um, as I said, uh, it was not the best time in life for me. Not there in in Rome, but uh, in general, yeah, it was a hard time for me, and I 
came to Rome with a lack of energy, with a quite a lack of motivation, in fact. And and so the whole week was stained by a little bit of fear, very much nerv nervosity, and and yeah, I didn't know how how it would be. The next thing was that that um, in it the Sonkinos happened at, at the uh, Cinecita, the film studios there, and from the beginning on there were many many technical problems and and yeah <laughs> it was it was not like in Lausanne in Lausanne it, everything worked out perfect and, uh, the technique was perfect the organization was perfect and not so in Rome yeah in Rome there were many troubles with organization with technique um, and in fact with my with me with my person with my inner life because i was really not good uh, in mood in the, at that time. From what I can see, and especially from what I've heard from previous guests in this podcast, I've talked to several from 1991, and they all said that it was quite chaotic in Rome, uh, panicky rehearsals and hosts that could never stop talking in Italian, and <laughs> yes. an orchestra that butchered several good songs especially if the song used a saxophone. Yes. I experienced uh, completely the same. The orchestra was good as orchestra, but you you didn't hear it in, in TV. When, when I performed the song live, at stage, with the audience, everything was fine. Yeah? It sounded good. People um, uh, liked it. We, we were confident that this will turn out very well. Then there came no points. Never. No points. The whole evening. And I said, how could that be? It was, it was a, a quite good performance. Everything worked out fine. Why? When I came back home, I seen a recording of the song contest in Rome. And... I couldn't believe my ears. This was a different song. You didn't hear anything of the music. There was just some brass you heard. One uh, singer of the choir was heard. Me was heard. But nothing else. So I really had problems to recognize the song. So when I saw that, it was very, very clear why this turned out that way. Because people didn't hear the song, in fact. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was a very special thing, but yeah, again, that's life. We have to do it. We have to live with it. And sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Yeah, I lost. That's it. Yeah. You brought the singer Simone with you that competed the year before with the song "Keine Mauern mehr" as a backup singer. Yes. She's a great singer. She's a nice person. I'm happy that she was there, and and she's all she's very successful in Austria till now. Yeah. And yeah, it was not nice. was very nice. Given your outfit, I guess you love purple. <laughs> yes. Um, this is a two-sided two-sided thing again. As the whole 
second entry, we knew that the styling from the first song contest it it, it raised some wave, so it had influence. It, it it was uh, some some sort remarkable, and we knew we had okay how how to top that. And this was the point where I think I went too far because out of out of fear not to to be able to gain the same effect. And and so I think I, I was it was a little bit too much then. We we tried we tried to impress with the outfit, but in fact it was too much. When you when I look when I look back, yeah. Have you worn this outfit since? Um, no, I don't think so. Do you still have it? I still have it. Yeah, of mm. course, I have all of them. In <laughs> retrospect, would you have changed anything? Yes, uh, in retrospect, I should have said no. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the truth. Yeah, I should have said no because because it was not a hard decision it was a, a commercial decision yeah and the decision out of a little bit fear but it was not with my full heart and every time i do something without my full heart yeah it doesn't work and i know that but yeah i did it anyway and uh i got the bill you know in a previous episode with the turkish singer from this year sean urlöer He told us that you were in a bad mood and pushed him when you entered the green room before the voting. What was this about? I I pushed him? Yeah, he said that. In in what way? Uh he said that you were angry and pushed him when you entered the the green room. Oh, uh, really? Yes. And I remember the Austrian guy, you know, just, you know, uh he was he was entering uh, the green room and just pushed me away and he just went in like hit me with from my shoulder just you know get away from me that sort of thing that was the, the, the two incidents i remember which was not very friendly uh if i did that i'm very very sorry i didn't i didn't recognize that it, it's um it's right um i can understand that i was in a bad mood as i said before my, my mood was in general not the best and of course when I, when we thought okay this turns out to be a fiasco Yeah, <laughs> my mood didn't get better. Yeah, uh, but I can't remember that I pushed pushed someone or, or been unfriendly to someone there from from the delegations. If so, I'm very very sorry, and I apologize for, uh, for that. Um, I didn't know. I'm sorry. The voting round was a real thriller in many ways. Uh, France and Sweden got the same number of points, and Austria got none. Why do you think this happened? Because because the the judges they saw that on TV and on TV the number the, the song was was not recognizable. Yeah, it was terrible. It sounded terrible. And and so there's uh it's it's completely okay to give no points for that because it didn't sound well. It wasn't good. And so but I I learned that afterwards. When I was back home again, yeah, I guess that's that's the whole point. It was just not a good performance. Uh, I give you the permission here to change the outcome as you see fit. This would be fun, I think. <laughs> Who should have won Eurovision 1991? Yeah, not me to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, hmm, it's so long ago, yeah. So I really, I really can't remember. 
France um, and Sweden both tied, and later Sweden won because they had more ten points than France. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Israel got a third place. But those songs ended on top. Not really. I'm sorry. Who should have ended last then? Who? I think the the, the the decision was okay. As I as I said, it was not a good performance, and so so we quite ended up where we belonged to. With zero points. Maybe one or two would be would have been fine, but uh, zero points. Yeah, it hurts. But um, as I said, when I saw the when I saw the the performance in, on TV later on, um, everything was clear. I wouldn't have I wouldn't um, have given any points either. <laughs> did you ever record Venedig im Regen in English? Yes, in fact, I did. Uh, it wasn't very successful, yeah, because because the German song was there and and uh, it worked better for for the audience for the, for the people out in the radio and so so. They just um, played the German version. I don't think the English version was in radio at all. No. What was it like this time to travel back to Austria? <laughs> Walking in shame, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, it was very different. On the other hand, uh, there was much solidarity from the people. Yeah, the people in Austria uh, were very kind, were very nice. Besides some articles in some newspapers but the, the people yeah liked that song because they heard it as it as it was from the, from in radio and and on the cd and so so they knew the song as it should be so they liked it so in fact there was no problem in austria regarding the people yeah the, the media of course uh it was a different thing on one hand it was a an austrian competition they voted for it so when they say now, ah, that was crap and blah, blah, uh, yeah, it was their vote, you know? So they couldn't say anything about that. So they tried to find other reasons. And the other reason was, okay, performance was, was, uh, performance wasn't good. And they needed stories, you know? And so they f- found them and they invented them. So this was a little hard for me to read all that rubbish, but, um, as I said, the people in Austria liked it, and the people um, were holding to me, yeah, and, and said, "Okay, forget it. Um, it happened. The song is nice, and it should have won more points, yeah, and things like that." And yes, if it had been the song we planned, um, the outcome would have been better. But it's okay. I'm, I can live with the with the outcome. Did the outcome in Eurovision change your career? Yeah, it hasn't. It had an impact, of course, but not as much as one would think. In fact, it 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 was a notch, 
a notch in the career. It was, uh, but not more. I felt it. I felt the impact uh, of that of that competition in in Rome, but it really didn't matter. What are you doing today in your life, Thomas? Years after the, the song contest, uh, the whole song contest thing, I went on to program software. Um, I learned programming and uh, lived from that time on uh, being a, so a software developer. And I'm still now. A new single is getting released titled Summer Dream. Yes, yes. Please tell me about it. <laughs> Yeah, it will be the first release since, I guess, 1994. And good things take time, <laughs> as you can say. Um, uh, I needed to grow. I needed to get ready yeah, to do something new and to have to find a partner that fits. And yeah, perchance I found that one. Perchance I'm now ready for the, for the new song. And so we did it. I just waited for it. Shall we take a listen to the song? Yeah, of course. Nothing but blue skies, the sound of waves, some muffled voices. I'm in a daze, I don't care, I won't move. I have no need for sensations. As I let lose my worries down by the sea, I get a glimpse of how life's meant to be. composed that as a the, the song um, by root yeah by root is composed by Charlie Ramek and uh, he's he's a producer nearby my, my new hometown yeah because I moved four years ago to Carinthia to Kärnten and we bought a little house on the mountain in the woods and he's a producer nearby in Wolfsberg uh, and we met by chance and, and yeah he sent me a demo a, a layout song and Yeah, it, it, it really got me. Yeah, I heard the, the first and I said, okay, I want to do that. So we, we, we came together and, and uh, worked in studio and developed the song. I wrote, I wrote the melody, I wrote the lyrics. Uh, um, I did very much of the arrangement with him together. And yeah, I think this is a great song. Yeah? I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy about it. And I'm very uh, interested in, in how this will end up. Was this the kind of genre you wanted to release back in 1989 after New Line Lead? Um, I, I can't say that in that words. Um, that time, when, when the song contest uh, was, um, I tried to, to do um, an English rhythmic ballad. That was the kind of thing I wanted to do then. 
this now is different because I was completely free doing my creative work. Uh, I was completely free in styling the song. So as I said, I developed, you know, I grew up musically uh, and personally, and I tried to get all those developments and this growing in the new song. Yeah? So it's a mix up of, of many styles, of many songs I like. It's a, it's a mix up of ideas I had 20 years ago and ideas I had yesterday. But yes, I would have liked to do a song then where I can bring in my ideas, uh, where I can bring in some, some personal soul into a song. And it was not possible then, but it was possible now, and so I did it. <laughs> How often do you sing your old Eurovision songs today? Not quite often, uh, but this, this just ended when Conchita won. The years before, there were certain, um, comp uh, certain performances uh, where I, I sang that songs. So mostly at time, it's a, a, a time of, of Eurovision, yeah. So they came up all again and said, ah, yeah, now it's new, new Eurovision. What about Thomas Forstner? What does he do? And, and they invited me to, to some parties and, and, and some concerts to sing the song. And yeah, I did it because I like the song. Yeah. I love New Lied. It's a very beautiful song. Still, uh, it's a very outstanding style. Totally agree. And it's timeless. Yes. Yes. Um, and, and so I have no problem at all to sing that song again whenever wherever because it, it, it does not conflict with my with the new things I do it does not conflict with any uh, personal feeling in me because it, it is as I said it's a timeless song it's a good song um, and I love it yeah have you done any more attempts to reach your vision besides 89 and 91 no no I did not but I guess you have been asked yes <laughs> um, I have been asked yes um, but at that time I really said no Because two times enough. One, one a very good one, one a very bad one. That should do. Um, but it was a different time. Song Contest has changed in between, as I said at the beginning. Uh, it's much more international now. Um, it's much more open-minded now than it was before. It's not so conservative as it was before. So times change. So it, it, there is a possibility that I, that I woke, wake up one day and say, hmm, oh, Eurovision would be fine again. So it's not, it's not that I completely block that, that whole thing yeah, forever. But at the time being then, yeah, when they asked me, um, it was no option for me. So I didn't hear any songs uh, or, or something like that. Thank you so much for this nice talk, Thomas. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, I appreciate it. It was very nice talking with you. And thanks to you, my dear listeners around the world. Don't hesitate to contact me on our social medias at Facebook and Instagram or the old-fashioned way, email at schlagewandener.sc. I hope you enjoyed this episode with me and Thomas Forstner. And if you did, subscribe to the podcast, write a review and tell your friends and enemies about Eurovision Legends. Thomas, are you on social medias? Um, to be honest, no, I'm not yet. Yeah, I have been, but uh, <laughs> I cancelled that. But how do you interact with your fans? Um, at the moment, there's not much interaction, yeah, to be honest. You don't mean that I need to answer your fan mail now? <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, 
there will be there will be social contacts again. There will be, um, uh, I guess, a Facebook account and a Twitter account and all those things because really we tried to start a new thing uh, and we are in a new time and we can't go without any social platforms. Um, so there will be possibilities, but they are not yet. We are looking forward, Thomas. Thanks a lot. Vielen Dank und tschüss. Ich danke dir. Hope we get in touch soon. Bye bye. Ciao.